You're listening to the Sheep Spot Podcast, a show for hand spinners about making yarns we love. Hey there, Sheep Spotters. Welcome to episode 59 of the Sheep Spot Podcast. I'm Sasha from Sheepspot.com, where we are laser-focused on helping you make yarns you love with beautiful fibers and top-notch instruction. I have morning voice today, guys. Um, Matthew and I are actually about to get get on a plane and go to Nova Scotia, so um, I am just recording this quickly before I go. And I just got up. So um, in this episode, I'm going to talk about how to sample for a specific project, in this case, my Via Yante shawl. And if you're saying, wait a minute, Sasha, didn't you talk about sampling in episode 15? To that, I would say, why, yes, yes, I did. But here's the difference. Episode 15 is about sampling to decide how you want to spin a fiber, a particular fiber. In other words, it's about spinning a fiber several different ways in order to choose the spinning method that both produces the yarn you want and that's most fun to do. In this episode, though, I've already made some decisions about the yarn I want to make. I know I want it to be a light fingering weight. Um, I know I want it to be two-ply because of the lace border, and woolen because I want to create a very lightweight, warm fabric. So in this case, sampling is about making sure that I actually achieve the fabric I want, and part of that is making sure that I get as close as I can to the recommended gauge, which is 22 stitches over four inches, or for those of you playing the home game, you've already figured out that that's five and a half stitches per inch. So this kind of sampling is as much about uh, knitting swatches as it is about spinning sample yarns. So this distinction, I think, between the two different kinds of sampling is important. So I've made a freebie for you that details the differences and um, walks you through how I do each kind of sampling. And you can get that by going to the show notes for this episode, which you can find at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 59. Or you can just um, go to the show notes for this episode as you normally would. The URL sheepspot.com podcast episode 59. Um, and you will see a button to click on at the bottom of the post for this episode. And you just um, click on that button, fill in your email address and your first name, and then we will send that right out to you. Or rather, the miraculous robots of the internet will send it right out to you. So in the last episode, I talked about creating the bats that I'm using to spin for the shawl. And as you remember, there are actually two sets of bats. The first set is merino cashmere silk. The second set is Polworth silk. 
So one of the things <clears throat> that I needed to do in my sampling is to make sure that I'm able to spin these two different fiber combinations sufficiently similarly that there won't be a really obvious line of demarcation between the sections knit in these different fibers. So I need two yarns made of different fibers, but with the same wraps per inch, twist per inch, and as near as possible, the same grist or density. And if you need a refresher on how to measure wraps per inch, twists per inch, and grist, check out episode 22 and the accompanying and also free download. So part of what I'm going to have to do in my swatching is knit a longish um, swatch using first the merino cashmere silk and then the polar silk and make sure that the fabric looks and feels sufficiently similar. So um, I sat down at my sidekick with my two bats, one uh, merino cashmere silk, one Polworth silk, a, a Sharpie, my trusty Tyvek wristbands, and some of those manila shipping tags. You can get them at any office supply store with holes in them. And these were to remind me that I had to take detailed notes and and make a record of what I was doing. I always think I'm going to remember how I spun something and I never do. So especially when I'm spinning for a big project, I know by now that I will be distracted by some shiny, fibery object in the middle and want to spin something else on that very same wheel. So being able to get the wheel set up again in the same way requires some note keeping. And I also had an empty bobbin and my spinner's control card. Um, and I'm going to talk about wraps per inch in this episode. And um, I am getting a rough estimate of wraps per inch, which is all really wraps per inch ever is. Um, I'm getting that estimate from my spinner's control card, not by actually wrapping the fiber around a wraps per inch gauge. So just to be clear. Um, so I started with the Polworth silk. And since that's going to be the bulk of the shawl, I wanted to make, sh I wanted to match the other, the other yarn to the Polworth silk yarn rather than the other way around. So um, for each of these yarns, my mission was to figure out the following. First, how best to set up my wheel to be able to spin the yarn I want most easily. How many wraps per inch my singles need to be in order for me to get the gauge called for in the pattern. The twist per inch and grist that will give me the fabric with the characteristics that I'm looking for. And because this pro this process involves figuring out first exactly what yarn I want to create, and second, whether that yarn will give me the fabric I want, it involved a bit of back and forth between spinning and spinning samples and then swatching. So here's how I did it. I started by making my best guess about how to set up my wheel, meaning that I chose a whirl. Um, and in this case, what worked best for me was the smaller groove of the fast whirl on my sidekick, which gives me a ratio of 11 to 1. 
and then I sent set my attention and I just got started. Um, and I had originally thought I was going to spin for this project long draw. I tried that. I wasn't um, happy with my results. So uh, I tried a couple of different drafts. Um, so I would spin some singles in a particular um, method or at a particular ratio, make a quick pr- plying bracelet. Some people call this an Andean, Andean plying bracelet. I really am asleep. Um, and note the wheel settings and the wraps per inch of the singles on one of the Tyvek wristbands in, with the Sharpie. That would be Zora asking for her breakfast, which I just want you to know I am not in charge of. Zora, stop. Um, <clears throat> okay, so I noted the wheel settings, the wraps per inch of the singles on the wristband, put the band on the sample, set it aside, and then I tried another whirl and made another sample, always noting the wheel settings and the wraps per inch on the wristband. And I made four or five samples this way, just changing one variable variable at a time, either the whirl, the settings, um, the wraps per inch I was going for. And then I washed the samples, I let them dry, and I made little tiny, they were really small samples, so I made little swatches with them. Um, and just to get a very preliminary sense of my gauge. Um, so I was able to find a fabric that I liked and the gauge was very close to the five and a half stitches per inch I was looking for. Um, if I, if it hadn't been, I would have had two choices. So I could either set up my wheel in the same way and tried to adjust my wraps per inch and then repeated the spin, wash, swatch, wash cycle until I got gauge, or I could have played with changing needle sizes. And um, I eventually ended up um, going, just going up a needle size from the recommended, Zora, ow, um, from the recommended 4.5 millimeter to a five millimeter. And I wound up with gauge that was pretty much spot on. So, um, so that worked well. Um, so once I was clear, pretty clear on how I wanted the wheel set up and what the, the specifications were for the Polworth silk bat, um, I set up my wheel the, the same way and repeated the process with the Merino cashmere silk bats. And I was surprised by this. I expected there to be more differences in the yarn um, than there were, I was able to, in fact, just by setting my wheel up the same way, uh, I was able to spin a really very similar yarn to the Polworth silk version. Um, And I'm tempted here to say right off the bat. See what I did there? Okay. Until now, I've been working with really small samples. But now I have my wheel settings and wraps per inch dialed in. I'm going to actually spin a larger sample of both yarns, wash them, knit a larger swatch, 
using both yarns and using the method that I'm thinking that I'm going to use to make the transition between them, which is spinning a sample that is, has one ply of one um, fiber combination and one ply of the other and see if that gives me a, um, a fairly smooth transition between the two fibers. Um, And I will, once I've done that, I will post pictures of the of the uh, swatch to social media. So um, please check them out and tell me what you think. Um, And I also made two sample cards using the mailing tags. So um, the sample cards have um, singles wrapped around them. Um, cause that's really what you're trying to duplicate when you're doing a large project. You're trying to spin the same singles over and over again. Um, I'm also going to attach samples of the washed and unwashed plied yarns. Um, and I will note the wraps per inch, twist per inch, the grist of each of the finished sampling s- samples and crucially how I set up my wheel. So to recap when you are sampling with for a very specific yarn and fabric in mind you want to think about the consistency of wraps per inch twists per inch and grist and again look at episode 22 if you need to know more about those things and what they mean and how to measure them um Keeping good records is absolutely crucial. So you've got to write down your wheel settings and your wraps per inch for each sample you spin. So you know how to get back to that sample if you decide it's the one that wins the beauty contest. Zora, seriously, you're really dramatic. She's very dramatic. Um, Remember to wash your yarns. I cannot emphasize this enough. You got to wash your yarns before you swatch with them and you should finish them in the way that you planning, you're planning to wash the finished project. So, um, and then don't forget your Tyvek wristbands. They're brilliant. They're a great way to mark your samples before you wash them. And while they are fresh in your mind, um, just write the wheel settings and the WPI on the wristband in Sharpie put the band around your skein and it can go right into the water when you finish your yarn. And last but not least, after you knit your swatches, be sure to block them before you check your gauge because your swatch will change some once it gets wet and then dries. Um, And you want to make sure that you're just using real numbers. All right, guys, that is it for me this week. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you next time when I'll be talking in a more general way about how to actually spin bats. Uh, I know a lot of you find bats really tempting to spin, but also a bit intimidating. So I'm going to be introducing you to one of the very best resources out there on these questions, and that is Jillian Moreno's video, 12 Plus Ways to Spin a Bat. In the meantime, don't forget to get your freebie for this episode at sheepspot.com slash podcast slash episode 59, and then go spin something. All right, guys, I'll see you soon. Bye. Bye.